So good to be back here. Uh, it is Veterans Day. Uh, do we have any veterans here? Anybody served in the military? Oh, anybody? Wow. Okay. Tough crowd. Uh, it's my privilege to uh, have served in the military. Uh, and I want to share a few thoughts with you this morning about what I learned being in the military. And I'm going to connect those with some thoughts that Paul writes in Second Timothy, uh, where he addresses uh, Timothy as a, as a good soldier of, of Jesus Christ. So I want to uh, just help you uh, identify with my experience a little bit in Vietnam. Uh, if you want to, so I was a helicopter pilot in uh, Vietnam, and this was uh, the helicopter that I flew, one of the helicopters that I flew. Uh, you'll notice a, a few things different about it. It doesn't have any doors on it. Uh, all the doors, we took all the doors off. There's a 5 million candle power Xeon searchlight over there. And uh, so I flew at night. Uh, about eight months of my tour in Vietnam, I, I never saw, uh, I never flew during the daytime. I always flew at night. So we would go out at night looking for Viet Cong, looking for troop movements, uh, things that were going on, because most of all of that activity happened at night. And so we would fly into these areas and uh, turn on this Xeon searchlight and see what we could see. And that would light up like the football field out here, that big of an area, like it was two o'clock in the afternoon. So that's what we would do. And over there in the middle is a, a minigun. Uh, it's like a modern version of a Gatling gun that would shoot uh, two or 4,000 rounds a minute. On the other side was a 50 cal machine gun and, uh, uh, and grenades that we used. So uh, my job as a Second lieutenant was to put a team together that would go out and we would, uh, I was stationed near Da Nang and we would go out around 40, 50 miles out uh, at night and look for uh, what the Viet Cong were doing and engage them if we, if we had to. So uh, this is the crew I had. You can see the kind of a motley crew. <laughs> uh, I'm way over here on the right, so when I still had hair growing on the top of my head, not on the bottom. And uh, these guys were my crew chiefs, my gunners, uh, the guys that I had to train uh, for uh, the mission that we had to do. So we had a, uh, a mission that we were given. Uh, if you want to put that insignia up there. Uh, This was the uh, insignia that we came up with for our, uh, we were called Nighthawk. Uh, this is one of the, one of the uh, missions that was given to me as I, as I came to Vietnam. I, I went up to Da Nang, which is in the northern part of South Vietnam, and was introduced to uh, this is what was going to be my mission. And so I was uh, uh, introduced to the idea that we would go out and look for Viet Cong at night, uh, we would be in, in, engage them if we had the two and to, uh, uh, to be very purposeful about doing that. So every night 
for a year, or for, for me it was for seven or eight months, we would go out and we would take off at, at dusk, and we would we'd fly missions all night long until we came back in the morning. Uh, and so it was, a, it, was a, it was a mission that was very specialized. It was a mission that other people uh, didn't want to do. Uh, it was a mission that I didn't just uh, get up the next day and go, okay, I'm going to be a Nighthawk pilot. I was introduced to uh, Captain Gorecki, and he had been doing this for a long time, and he just it showed me all of the tricks of the trade, how to fly at night, how to... How to, to circumnavigate uh, the terrain, how to look for Viet Cong, and how to stay out of trouble, how to, how to make sure that the helicopter was ready to go, how to make sure that my crew was mission ready. Uh, and so he trained me uh, for several months uh, to do that until I became an aircraft commander. And then after that, after I had done that for several months, uh, I met a guy uh, who had come into our unit who was named Mike Austin. And Mike Austin was from Kansas, and we became fast, fast friends. And I began to train Mike then in uh, how to do night, the Nighthawk missions. And so uh, Mike uh, learned from me everything I could teach him about what it was to be uh, a, a helicopter pilot flying missions at night in Vietnam. And after him, uh, we trained another guy by the name of Mike Tropp. And so we had this, uh, this idea initially that uh, in order to survive, in order to live, in order to successfully navigate that time in Vietnam, I had to be really dedicated to the mission. I had to be aware of what the mission was, and I had to do that as, as successfully as I could. So that mission was always kind of in the back of my mind. I have a, uh, a Zippo lighter. I'm sure none of you even know what that is. <laughs> But uh, one night, Mike and I were up late uh, trying to come up with a mission statement for what we were doing in Vietnam. And uh, uh, so I, I'm not a poet. I've, I've written three poems in my lifetime. Uh, uh, one of them was to... My wife is really a good poet, writes uh, wonderful poet poems. Uh, I wrote one to her one day after she'd had an accident. And I said, you, even though you had a wreck, you still deserve a hug around the neck. Now, that's the, that's the, that's the best poetry that I ever wrote. So, uh, so Mike and I were up late, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you how many beers we were into the night, but we came up with this poem. Uh, this is the, to show you the dedication level that was there at, at that point in time. So here's what it says. It says, like a hawk in the night... I travel through darkness on wings of death with talons of fire. <laughs> so we got that uh, engraved on Zippo lighters. And I went out and I bought one of these for everybody on my crew. And the idea was that we would carry these with us on the mission so that we knew what we were about and what we were doing. Uh, and the idea that we were learning that so that we could pass that mission on to the next crew that came along so they could do it successfully. If you have a Bible with you this morning, uh, we're going to dive into 2 Timothy just for a bit and show some comparison between what Paul was saying to Timothy as a young protege of his who was in the city of Ephesus and was a young pastor who was going through uh, extreme hardship and endurance at trying to do his, his ministry. And so when we look at 2 Timothy, 
Paul in 2 Timothy 2, uh, verse 1 says this. He says, So then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me um, in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And I see a bit of a comparison between what, what I was doing in Vietnam and how I was training people and uh, being trained myself to what Paul is saying here to young Timothy. Timothy was struggling uh, as a pastor. He was having people that didn't follow what he wanted to teach. They were antagonistic to him. And Paul just encourages him to, to be strengthened. But then he says, after that, after you need to be strengthened because you're, you're living in the grace of Christ, he says this. He says, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So what we have there is, is a mission. Paul wanted to remind Timothy that in the midst of, of all the stuff that was not going well, that he had a mission that he needed to accomplish that was way over and above everything that he was experiencing. And so this is, this is kind of a generational aspect to ministry, but it's the idea that Paul is saying, you were with me. You were with me on missionary journeys. You, were, you followed around. You heard me teach. You heard me talk. And he says, what you've heard from me among many witnesses, there were lots of other people around. He says, I want you to take that that message, that what I've trained and taught you, I want you to take that and entrust it to faithful men. And it's not just talking about males here, but just uh, the idea of, of faithful people uh, who will be able to teach others also. So the idea here is that Paul is looking at kind of a generational aspect to how we do ministry. And the idea here that I have up here is that uh, Paul is saying, okay, Timothy, you've heard what I've said. And I, I didn't entrust that to you just for yourself, but it's so that you can pass that along to someone else and that someone else can pass it along to someone else. So there are four generations in view here. And I'm sure that Paul in his mind thought lots further down the line than that. In fact, if you're sitting here this morning as a believer in Jesus Christ, you're here because someone else followed this model. Someone else passed on to you what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. And someone before them had passed that on to them. Uh, it may have been your parents. It may have been somebody in a church. Or it may have been somebody that you met through the course of life. But Paul is just impressing on him First of all, that we need to be dedicated to some kind of a mission. Some kind of, there's a missional aspect to living the Christian life. And it's something that's passed on from generation to generation. He goes on from, uh, to say this. He says uh, in verse 3, he says, Share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please him who has enlisted him. So verse 3 says, one translation says, join me in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 
It wasn't very long in my tour in Vietnam that I realized that if I was going to be successful in doing the mission, there was going to be some suffering involved. Uh, there, I, found, I found out later that the Nighthawk mission that I was involved in was one of the most dangerous missions that you could sign up for. When you're 22 years old, you don't think about that. But I realized that in doing that, uh, the, the other pilots that flew during the day used to th say, Bronlewey, you're, you're so stupid. We, you're do, trying to do it at night what well, we're having a hard time doing in the daytime. And I realized that if I was going to be successful at doing that, there were some hardships involved. There was some durability that was involved. And the fact that I constantly had to be aware of what was going on with the helicopter, with the team that I had, my crew chiefs, and everything else. I remember one time when uh, we had gone out at night and got involved in a major movement of, of Viet Cong that were trying to come into to Da Nang. And it, it got so involved that we, were, we flew all that night. And because of the emergency of the situation, we flew all the next day. And then because it wasn't done yet, we flew all the next night. So we had gone 36 hours without uh, sleeping, and we were exhausted. And, and, and I, at the end of that, at the end of that time, uh, uh, we just crashed on the beach. D D da Nang was, or where we were was, uh, my, where I uh, lived was 100 yards from the beach. Uh, uh, and so we just w went down to the beach and just, we were just exhausted. Uh, but having done that together, having been involved in that ordeal together, there was a, a camaraderie and a closeness that uh, is just un unachievable on most levels. And uh, it was at that point where I was able to share my own faith in Christ, because I was a believer when I was in Vietnam. Uh, and I, at that time, I, I shared openly my own faith in Jesus Christ and I thanked him for having helped us survive that, that ordeal. It was through that that I was able to share uh, with my friend Mike Austin and with another guy, Mike Tropp, and I was able to, to lead them both to Christ. And, and it changed not only their lives, but it changed my life as well. But the idea that, uh, that suffering together uh, uh, made us durable to, 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 to serve well. And Paul here is saying to Timothy, he says, I want you to join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. At this point when Paul is writing this, he's actually in prison in Rome and probably shortly going to be martyred. And so he has, he has suffered uh, as probably nobody else has suffered uh, for the cause of Christ. And he calls him to, to join him in that suffering uh, so that there's a durability that lasts through the conflict. Paul would have been very, very well aware of what a Roman soldier was committed to doing since he was with him a lot uh, in prison. Uh, at that time, Roman soldiers uh, would be enlisted for 16 to 20 years. So the bulk of their, of their, their, of their lives would be committed to being a soldier. Uh, when they did that, they were not allowed to marry. 
they were uh, they were forced to be able to move at a moment's notice to wherever the conflict was, and that dedication to that that service and that suffering that took place with that Roman soldier, Paul caught that context. And, and so through this book of Second Timothy, he mentions five different times the idea of suffering and endurance that needs to be part of the, the Christian life. And then he goes on to say this in this last verse. He says this that we're going to talk about this morning. He says, he says in verse 4, no soldier gets entangled in civilian's pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. One of the jobs I had every night when I would go down to the flight line it would be to check everything out. Uh, I wanted to make sure the helicopter was good. Uh, most of all, I wanted to make sure that my crew was ready. Uh, and there were three things that potentially could happen. Uh, and I... I just put them together like this. Uh, three things that could cause my crew to be uh, not ready. Firewater, females, and pharmaceuticals. So firewater is just the idea that alcohol was really available. I mean, it was cheap, and, it was f and, and, and drunkenness was a way to get out of the, the turmoil, and, the, and, and a lot of these guys didn't want to be where they were. So I would always check them out for that. But the one that bothered me the most was pharmaceuticals. And uh, I just remember one night I came down to the flight line, and the guy that was on the, one of the pictures with his shirt off, he was one of my door gunners. And he did not want to be in Vietnam, and he did not like being there. And uh, he was my least reliable guy. I come down to the flight line one night, and this guy is sitting under a fire hydrant with the water on, flushing over his near-naked body, laughing, and he goes, hey, Captain Midnight, are we ready to go tonight? And at that point, I knew that pharmaceuticals were flowing well in his system. He was skied out on smack, uh, the form of opium that was really available in Vietnam. And so the idea is that he was entangled. He was distracted from the mission. Uh, and the idea here is that there's uh, that, that word distracted or entangled that's in this verse 4 is the idea of the word uh, is very closely associated with the word to, to weave or the idea of, the, of a sheep that gets entangled in thorns with its wool. And it takes, takes us out of being able to do what we want to do. It takes us out uh, of the mission. Uh, it's a distraction uh, that comes. It's interesting in this book of 2 Timothy, as Paul goes through it and he's talking to Timothy, he mentions four other groups of people that got entangled, that got distracted, uh, that either chose uh, not to follow uh, the mission anymore or who chose to walk away from what Paul was doing, uh, who loved this present world or something else distracted them from the mission. So what Paul is talking here is about the fact that there are, just like in warfare, there are things that can sidetrack us from living as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. There's things that take us out. Now those may be hardcore things like females and firewater and pharmaceuticals, but it also can be things that look to be really good on the outside. 
And, and it's the idea that I'm doing good things, but am I doing the best thing that I could be doing? And the idea is that there's a lot of things that are worth our time in life or that can occupy us with what we want to do with our lives. But God has called us to not only to do those good things, but to do that best thing and to be a good soldier for Jesus Christ. There was a young man by the name of Jimmy Elliott who was a missionary to South America. And he and his wife and four other couples had moved to Ecuador and were involved in trying to meet groups there, and they met a group of Aka Indians and they began to, to make connections with them. Um, and slowly they were, they were trying to befriend them. But what they didn't know was that these Aka Indians uh, reveled in the idea of deceit. And so they were pretending to be their friends, but one day when the, these guys landed on a sandbar and came out to greet them, these Aka Indians murdered all five of these men. And it seemed like a total defeat. It seemed like a total waste of lives. But what happened as a result of that is that Jim's wife, uh, Elizabeth, stayed there and went into that village and lived there. And today that village is a flourishing Mecca of Christianity because of what she did. Later on, after Jim had died, they opened the flyleaf of, of his Bible and in there was written this, this phrase. It says, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. And though Jim was only in his 20s and he lost his life, he didn't lose that which he could never lose, which was an eternity with Christ. So I want you to just think about today the fact that your own life, where are you in the fact of, of mission? Uh, do you have a sense of what the mission is as a Christian? To be dedicated to that mission of generational passing on of the faith from one to the other. And you may be at the bottom of that tier right now where you've just received the faith. And hopefully down through the years you'll move up the ranks and you'll be one who can be faithful to teach others also. I just want to end with this. You see, this lighter that's 50 years old still works. And I want to just throw this out to you, and it is I want you to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your time.